prick. Do something with that. Well, how long has it been? Two weeks? No. Two weeks? He says it's been ages. It hasn't been ages. We did an episode a lot. Nope. Last week. We did an AMA when you were away. Yeah, we did AMA. So that last week was the only week that we didn't have an episode. Yeah, so he was like, it's been ages. Since it's been a while. It's been a while. And I was like... It hasn't been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Do you remember that band? Yeah, Stained. Stained. How, what's his net worth? Stained your knickers. Because he was so sexy. Sexy man. Stained. What's his network? What's his network? Let me see what's his name. Stained. Ah, oh, Jesus, what's his name? Just put Stained lead singer. Give me Fred Durst. Here we are. Aaron Lewis. Oh, it's small. Small, like... Aaron Lewis net worth. Uh, 1. 1. 1.5 to 2 million. 9 million dollars. Hell. I presume it's from, like, just from that one song. Like, I'd say he's probably made shit tons of money from that one song. I just don't. It's been a while. <clears throat> uh, that, like... There is, uh... The podcast, Are You Talking You Two To Me? Yeah. Uh, have this very funny section where they... There's a, a comedian called Todd Glass. And they bring him in to do an episode called Stained Glass. So it's just hit them talking about Stained. And it's just, they just keep going through the episode. It's been a while. And that's like, anytime anybody says it's been a while now, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, it's been a while. And this entire section is about this it's song. It's just they bring Todd Glass in because someone would be like, it'd be hilarious if you brought Todd Glass in and did an episode called Stained Glass. And they were like, okay. So they just bring him in and he knows nothing about music. So they're just playing like the most famous songs that have ever been made. And they're like, who who does this? And he he hasn't got a clue. Like I think I'd be like They him. were like, they came a Beatles song and they're like, is that the Beatles or like some random band like Prodigy? And he's like, uh. <laughs> I think it's a prodigy but I don't know like it's he's great Todd Glass is great Todd Glass uh, is a very famous well not very famous comedian but like he's an older comedian but um, he came out on Mark Maron about eight years ago as gay okay Um, which was like huge because there's not a lot of like out male comedians do you know what I mean that are like oh I know this guy yeah he's really funny mm. and he seems really sweet as well and he's very 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 funny when he's on podcasts like he makes me laugh so much he's a bizarre human and he came out. He came out with Mark Maron. He did Mark Maron's podcast specifically to come out. Mm. And is he friends with Maron? I think they're all friends, yeah. They're all friends. I think they're all friends but they all secretly hate each other. Oh, okay. It's been a while. Like me and you. Me and you. Yeah. We're only in it for all the money we're making. We're only in it for the money. All the thousands of euros we're making. Yeah, the thousands and Ten- thousands of euros. Thousands? Tens of thousands. Hundreds of thousands. I'm telling you. Billions. Fucking rolling in it. Billions of dollars. We're making that um, mm. my favourite murder money. How much money are they worth? Oh, they're worth a lot of money. They're like the second biggest podcast in the world. I think we've had this discussion before. I know, but what's their net worth? No idea. Karen, I'm going to say 10 million dollars. Ten million dollars, Karen Kilgara. Double it. wrong. Fuck off. Ah, here. What are we doing wrong? Everything. What's the, the What's the other one? Georgia. Georgia Hardstock. She. They both. They both have great names. They do. She is worth twenty million. Also. Now, if I don't make ten million dollars in the next five years, ten million dollars. Ten million dollars. What would you do $10 million? What would I do with $10 million? What would you do $10 million? I wouldn't have it for very long. No, I wouldn't have it for very long either. No, you'd be much better than me. You'd be like, I want to buy a house and I want to put it in stocks and bonds. 
And I'm like, I don't know what either of those things I are. would like to buy... But I bought all this stuff. Stocks stock, and bonds. Stocks and bonds, please. And buy, build a physical house out of the stocks yes. and bonds. Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin. Bitcoin Can I have the physical coin of the bit, please? <laughs> I don't understand Bitcoin. If you talk to me about Bitcoin, just know that, like, you know, the episode of The Simpsons where Homer sees the circus in his head. Yes. That's what happens. That happens right. to me all day long. Um, I saw a very funny thing on Instagram the other day and it was a guy and somebody said his name and then the person was like and then they just went to like a voiceover in the background and like that name's gone out of my head it's gone poop gone and I was like that's Sarah oh you have no idea <laughs> oh there, Jane. <laughs> this guy told me today in work and he was like um I was giving out about something and I was like well come up with like and I was being a dick right I was, okay. I was like it sounds like your process just doesn't sounds, work. Did you say sounds like a you problem? No, 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 I didn't say that, but I was like, sounds like you don't have a real robust process here. Like, I don't know what you want me to do about it. And then he was like, I want you to call me and tell me when stuff comes in. And then he was like, you have my number. And I was like, I do not have your <laughs> number. Sir, I don't know your name. And then he was like, I've called you. And then I was like, have you? <laughs> and then I was like, I don't know your name to search it. I don't know your name to search in phone. And I just went to him, call me there now. <laughs> <laughs> And then he called me and then I just like, left okay. I left and went into uh, a guy that I work with and was like you know that guy I was just talking to and they were like he was like yeah I was like what's his name, what's his name? <laughs> and he was like uh, you've been talking to him for months yeah. and I was like yeah I can't remember his name it's not, and it's not rudeness it's just you literally are very bad with names I'm so bad with names. Yeah, you're just bad with names. Sometimes I can be bad with names. I think it is rudeness. I think in my head... No. Oh, no, I think in my head I go, we're not going to be friends. I don't need to notice. Um, um, see, uh, America's opening. I don't know who they're opening up for. Well, like, we can fly there. They've said, yeah, that they're opening. Ireland yeah, we can, can go. go there. But he met with uh, that round-headed baboon that runs London. <laughs> Bart Johnson. Yeah, him. Uh, they met with him uh, today, so I don't know if he was that like, you can't come in. Can't. He is a cunt. He is a Tory cunt. Yeah, like a terrible, terrible person. And that young one that's riding him. But that's not, that's a common trend in his What's life. What's wrong with her? What's wrong with any woman that would let Boris Johnson within 15 inches of their vagina? Like, no. Money? Money. Does he have a lot of money? Boris Johnson. What do you mean does he have a lot of money? Boris Johnson net worth. Uh, minimum 15 million sterling. Let's do it. Boris Johnson. I've lo- I'm off my game. You're not feeling very well. Mm. Doesn't say. Two million. And me whole. Me whole. He comes from a really wealthy family. Inbred. The whole album. His family apparently are vehemently against him. Oh yeah, I remember reading his brothers and sisters like this guy's a fucking knob jockey. Yeah, they were like, we wouldn't let him run It's the same with Trump's circus. family being like he is an absolute twat of a human being. Um, politics aside, how was your two weeks that I didn't see you and I abandoned you? I can't remember what I did. Did you see anybody? Did I go did anywhere? Did you eat nice see? food? When me and Graham went on our anniversary yes. thingy. Yes, oh that looked amazing by the uh, way. And that was amazing and I had such a lovely, lovely, lovely time. Yay. Um, so when did that? We got a new puppy. Uh, Cookie. Her name is Cookie. Little Cookie Cook. She's a big mistake. No, she's not. She's lovely. Um, Sweet baby angel. Her and Lucy and her killing each other on a regular basis. Because they're puppies. Um, Nikita, Lily, Lily had to get tested for COVID. Because she lied. Because she's an asshole. Um, 
I think that's all that's happened. My dad's arsehole is on the mend. Is he okay? Everybody is very interested in it. He How is shy. he? He's having regular shits. And has any tests come back or anything like that? No, he's not too back yet. No, he's back, I think, in the next couple of weeks. Okay, not too bad. Um, but he's he's excavating his, or excavating his barrel and everything's coming out. And he's uh, all right. And toe shiting, lads. And toe shiting. He's back gigging. Back gigging. Yeah. And shiting. And shiting. Gigging and shiting. He's living a dream. He needs to do uh, a tour called gigging and shiting. Gigging and shiting. I go there. Uh, the man in the in the hospital is still trying to burn it down. What is going on? Did we talk about this in the podcast? We did already. The St James's yeah. Hospital. The James's hospital thing. Well, it's not St James. It's a it's national, the children's, national children's hospital. Um, they found a pipe? a pipe bomb in it yesterday. Okay. Someone needs to figure this out. I found a pipe bomb and um another fire. What the fuck? But yeah, they can't figure out who's doing. It. I just don't understand. Do just being like. Cameras? 20 odd fires at this point and like a pipe bomb a pipe bomb in the hospital okay so they need to do something because this is absolutely fucking ludicrous it's madness it's also not that difficult to like control accessibility it's also Ireland like not shot by not shot by um, that lady in in America that went missing like her boyfriend just have you read that I've been reading up on that yeah 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 that is messed up and everyone needs to go to jail his family are like we're shielding him. Like he came home, no girlfriend, no girlfriend, and there was bo- police body cam yeah, footage. Lawyered up immediately, and then was like, "I'm not talking to the police." And they were like, "Where's your girlfriend?" I'm not talking to the police. Well, that's not making you look bad at all, is it, sir? Like insanity. They found a body. They found her. She was confirmed it was her. Yeah. And was she like mur- murdered? But they're 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 searching his house now. The FBI are searching his house and um, talking to his parents and him. Like he came home, literally rang his lawyer and sat in his house and was like, "I'm not speaking to the police." And his family were like, "Okay, just FYI, if I ever have kids, and I mean this as God is my witness, I'm not gonna. But if I did, and you did something like that, you're going to jail." Be like if something and if he was genuine and something has happened to her, he would have contacted the police immediately. Be like, "There's, I can't find my girlfriend. Something's happened. Please help me." Mm. He went home and lawyered up because he killed her. Like two plus two equals four. It's not like you know what I mean. It's not fucking rocket science. Anyway, fuck that dude. But also, there should be other women being searched for. And once again, it's the not that this this woman should be. I'm so sorry for her family and that she passed away and it's horrific. But once again, it's the blue-eyed, blonde-haired girl that makes the American media oh, yeah. fucking shit when there's indigenous women, black women, and people of colour missing every goddamn day of the week. Uh-huh, but it's uh-huh. the pretty white girl that gets everybody up in arms about it. But her poor family. Her poor family. Like... Terrible. They knew she was dead. There was, like... They knew she was gone. And the fact that her, her, fam- her family and their lawyer released a statement being like, please tell us where she is. Just please tell us where she is. Like, and he was like, no. And his mum and dad were like, no. Fuck and that if guy. I ever have kids, they're going straight to jail. Straight to jail. Stole some pick and mix, did you? Straight to jail. Straight to jail. <laughs> straight to jail. You're like uh, George Bloom. <laughs> it's like, yeah. and that's why you <laughs> don't <laughs> eat ice cream in the car. <laughs> straight to jail. Maybe I'd be, a, maybe that's a terrible parent, but like, I'd just be straight to jail. Um, yeah, I just, the whole thing's a bit. Like if Lily kills someone, what would you do? Oh, I'd cover it up and um, <laughs> immediately leave the country. Oh no, my kid would be in jail. No, I wouldn't. It's it's like easy for me to say because she hasn't done it. Yeah, but like, yeah. no, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to. I'm sure, like, see, I'm, I don't it's have your gift. Kid. It's your job as like a parent to try to see the best in like yeah. everything they do. But it's also your job as a parent to be like, 
that's wrong. Consequence. And you have to feel the you consequence have to feel the consequence of what you've done. Like... And if you're not able to do, I get that it's like, it must be incredibly difficult to see. Cause like, there is this weird thing when you have a kid where it's like, you fucking love them. Yeah, that unconditional love the thing. You can't see what the person yeah, is saying. But like, you can't see it. Like. It's, it's like, there has to be a moment where you know that you're now impl- complicit. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. They're, they're, they are complicit. Like, yeah. as far as I know, I'm not sure, but I think they are. If you're shielding someone that the police are looking for, you're complicit or not. Yeah. And they were shielding them. Anyway, don't go to the mountains with men. Don't go to the mountains with men. Even if Where you did know she them, go? You're married to them. Don't go to the mountains with no, men. No, I never go to the mountains. If you're married to a man for like 15 years and one day he says, hey, do you want to go for a hike tonight? And you've never gone and to the mountains gone before? And then, this, and then maybe you find song lyrics he sends some other woman. Don't go to the mountains. Song lyrics, man. Because he's going to kill you and marry that woman. Uh, that what were you going to ask me about bad, bad thing? You were saying, I'll save for the pot. Oh, no, what's the bad, bad thing? Oh, did you listen to Tommy Tiernan on uh, Adam Buxton? No, not yet. It's very interesting. Was he talking about religion? He was talking about religion and he was talking about Stephen Ray. And I didn't know these things about Stephen Ray. I wasn't aware of this at all. But like Stephen Ray's ex-wife, who is now deceased, was like part of the IRA. Who's Stephen Ray? Stephen Ray, the the, the actor and, and director. The Irish actor and director. Oh, Stephen. Oh, yeah, 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 no, yeah. I do know who you're talking about. I didn't know that he, he was married to... I'm not sure how to say her name. Dolores, not Dolores. Dolores is her name. Her name's Dolores and she's just being a pretentious Dolores cunt. Price. Was yeah, no, her name's Dolores. Dolores Price was a provisional IRA Republican Army uh, volunteer. Wow. He was married to her and like apparently he was on Tommy Tiernan's podcast and Tommy Tiernan straight up was like talking about the IRA. Now, I didn't watch it but it was really interesting because I didn't know his mother um, completed suicide a couple of years ago. Tommy Tiernan? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. I had no idea about any of that. He was very, very honest on He is too. super honest. He talks about his mental health quite yeah. a bit. He's really honest about his mental health. Um, um, him and Hector's podcast just like makes me happy. So funny. It is very funny. And Larita. That's okay. what I was listening to. Oh, we do housekeeping. Housekeeping. No, 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 no. There's no biscuits. No, 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 no. Do you know you sing this in your kitchen? There's no biscuits in my house, but there will be biscuits in your house. No, no biscuits, no, no biscuits, biscuits up high. <laughs> I wish I wish I had biscuits. Uh, there's always biscuits in my house. Um, I find a housekeeping. Uh, there's something wrong with our Teespring account. Oh yeah, our Teespring says we've sold out. We don't merch. know what's wrong. We will figure it out. I'm sorry, I have no idea. Colin just said it to me, and I was like, oh. Uh, so I'll figure it out. Um, we're working on new merch. Phoebe's working on it for us. As we said this before, but it <sighs> will be soon. We just are slow. We're slow. Uh, I'm getting through the comments and questions on Instagram. I have 34 messages, and then I'm done. So I'm, what I'm, are they asking you? Just being really nice. People being lovely So I get through them Uh, To the people asking us If we're touring I don't know what we said That night Because I had some wine Are we we touring? People are like Are you guys touring? I don't know What's that I don't remember But uh, maybe At some point in life Um, What else is there? Oh yeah Ed Book has gone to jail Which I'm delighted about But he hasn't gone to jail yet But he's like in jail At the moment Waiting to be sentenced Ed Book Oh that that piece of shit Fucker uh, Robert Durst was found guilty Robert Durst was found now guilty Now I know he's one foot out Like he's nearly dead No but you know what I'm fucking de- rot you motherfucker if you have not seen the jinx The, the jinx. jinx Fuck me what an amazing 
amazing documentary. That guy makes amazing documentaries. And they need to be thanked for what's currently happening as yeah. well because this would not be going on if it wasn't for them. So, uh, yeah, those two motherfuckers can rot. Is there any other news? Uh, my dog is on the blob. Sarah's dog has her uh, is in the heat. And, and all the doggies in the in the she's bringing all the doggies to the yard. Well, this one dog followed me out of car today and was running after me, and I was literally up. Did you see that Billy Connolly sketch? Like, Get away! Did you see that Billy, Billy Connolly sketch? No. Billy sketch? Where he's talking about his uh, his girl, his daughters upstairs, and all the lads in the in the village are in heat, and they're like, "Is your daughter inside? Is your daughter inside?" <laughs> and I was like, "When you were showing me that picture, or that video earlier, I was like, that's exactly what it's yeah, like." Yeah, that dog keeps showing up. Trying to figure out who I'm He's horny. Oh, is he horny? And Lucille is like, hello, boys. Yeah, she was standing in the window looking Lucille, at Lucille, you dirty bitch. Close your legs. Um, um, She's nearly over. Ollie has to go to the dentist. Ollie, Bolly, boo. Um, Ollie if, is a proper old man. Yeah, and if Cookie doesn't learn how to piss outside. Oh, it takes a while though, doesn't it? How long does it take? I have no idea. I don't have dogs. I don't remember the other two dogs being this dumb. No, Oliver did that for a while when you first got him and then he he learned. She is pissing is she everywhere. On the- <laughs> is she pissing? Is she pissing? She's pissing everywhere. Is she pissing? She have puppy pants. Puss, pussy <laughs> pants. <laughs> Those two. <laughs> we two. Um, we have puppy pants. Is she she pees on them, and then she one. She pees like, on them while the back door is, is open. open. She goes out the back and comes back in, has piss, piss on the them, floor. Okay. and then she goes into the kitchen, and has a whittle. Her favorite place at the minute is to piss in front of the TV. Oh no. Um, oh no. How do you? I don't know how to do that. I have no idea. I just keep rubbing her nose and put her at the back. I don't know how to do that. And then every time I think she needs to go, I'm like at the back at door, the back door waiting. and then I'm standing there waiting. And then she just looks at me to be like, oh, I don't know what you want. Because the two other dogs are like, Hey, I need to go outside. Yeah. Well, <sighs> Cookie, Cookie, the piss monster. Yeah. Um, she is very cute, but she is a biter. A biter. Well, she's just she's very young, she's so teething she's teething as well. Like, um, but yeah, I don't know what we she's did. A this to she's this a little teaser. This was all Graham. This one's all Graham. All Graham's fault. Actually, I had to tell you, this fella today put up a thing where he was like, um, he had to have surgery and he had to have his toe removed. He Did put he up send a picture? No, no, but he was oh. like, I had to have my toe removed. I'm running a competition for like the best story as to why, why I lost it. Toes, yeah. And I was like, is the prize the toe? <laughs> is it? And then he was like, asking for a friend offs. In and then he was like, Malamide. I didn't keep it. I was like, <laughs> really? Oh, I, I like, would have kept it. Well, um, I don't know if they allow you to keep it though, but I would have kept it. Why wouldn't they allow you to keep it? I don't know. It's like that story, right? So, you know, the author, you know, David Sedaris, he's an author, yeah. Amy Sedaris' brother. So he uh, had a small tumour, was benign, but he had a small tumour and he obviously was going to get the operation again and taken off. And because it's a tumour, you're not allowed to keep it. It's seen as like waste and they have to dispose of it properly. So he was like, oh, I really want to keep my tumour because he's a weirdo. And he was at a book signing and this lady came up to him and she was like, hey, I'm a surgeon and um, I have a private practice and I'd be willing to remove your tumour for you and let you keep it. So he was like, okay. So he went and got the tumour removed and she let him keep it. And then he went and fed it to this turtle that he met every day on his walk on the beach and the turtle ate it. Sorry? Yes. Why are you telling me this Because story? I just find him the most bizarre. I'm obsessed with him because he's so weird. But he's like, I really wanted to feed it to this turtle that I met on the beach every day and the fucking turtle ate the tumour. What? Sorry. Yeah. No. Uh, Isn't it like a David Cronenberg movie? Uh, what? Yeah. So he got his tumour removed, got to keep the tumour and then I was like, and then I was like, oh no, I really want to feed this turtle that I see on the beach every day with my tumour and gave him the tumour and the turtle ate the tumour. But is that good for the turtle? I don't know. It can't be. Well, like, it's benign. I know, but why you feel like it? Turtles don't eat tumours, Emma. David Sedaris does things and I'm like, I don't, I don't get, I don't know what's going on. You should read David Sedaris. He's very funny. 
And his family are so weird. And his sister is Amy Sedaris and she's amazing. I don't Sedaris know what to do with this story. The are great. But I don't know what to do with this story. I just thought I'd let you have that story too. Yeah, but now I don't know what to do I with it. I have that story. It's like that story <laughs> about the woman with the dolphin. <laughs> oh, God. Really... That story. I tell people that story. Whenever I get like two weeks into a relationship, a mm. friendship, a relationship. I like a knowing somebody. Yeah. I test how into it they are by telling them the story about the dolphin. Yeah. If anybody doesn't know this dolphin story, <laughs> so I'll see if I can find it. It's a BBC documentary, BBC documentary about this lady who, it was back in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she lived in a house with a dolphin. dolphin. And they like... It was a whole like CIA thing. They were trying to like, they were trying to uh, say the dolphins could understand English. Yes. And communicate with us. So they built this house. Yeah. But the house was covered in water so the dolphin could swim around yes. the house. It's a BBC documentary. You try and get the name of it, Sarah Jane. And I remember I texted Sarah Jane and I was like, oh, this is really looks like a really weird documentary in BBC. And we're like, let's watch it. We didn't watch it together. We watched it separately. But I remember we, me texting you, you texting me going, what the fuck is going on? I remember being like, it oh, is. Oh, and at the end of the document, like yeah, the end. It's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. If anybody wants me to tell you, you'll have to like comment on the Instagram because <laughs> I don't want to ruin it for anybody if they are going to watch um, it. But if you don't want to watch it and you want me to tell you what happens because it's fucked up. But yeah, whenever I test, I test my, I told Jim that story and he was like, tell me more. Cool. And I was like, we're friends. we're friends. Friends forever. Let me see if I can find it. Is it called The Girl Who Talks to Dolphins? Yes. Yes. So it's called The Girl Who Talks to Do- Dolphins. It's on the BBC iPlayer. Um, and we'll just let you know there's one clip called Dolph Dealing with the Dolphin's Urges so you can take that as you wish and go watch it it's insane um, oh that was a while ago that was on oh my god uh, Bake Goes Fast Night yeah Graves recording we're going to watch it with Lenny Bake Goes Fast Night I will say um, what was her name Margaret wasn't it Margaret if I remember Are you gonna say Margaret really, Lovett she's stunning yeah I know he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. I think the CIA proved a point. They did. That dolphin. The dolphin wanted to fuck Margaret Lovin. Mad about her. He's like, Ollie is just like humping the floor. Like, God love oh, him. Oh, God love him. You can't help the urge. Ah, jeez. Also, can I ask you a serious question? If you were Margaret Lovett, would you ever tell anybody that you were involved in that? No. No, I wouldn't either. I would have it stricken. Yeah. I would be like, if you put anything in a documentary, like, I'm suing everyone, including the dolphin. Like, You're all getting sued. Well, the dolphins. Dolphin's dead. Dead. Dolphin said. Dolphin said. Um, blue balls. But <laughs> <laughs> that is what happened to him. He fucking like blue balled the blue shit ball. out of himself. She blue balled him. She blue balled him. To this death. episode is called "That Dolphin Had Blue Balls." She blue or the blue ball death. Blue ball death. She'd be shamed for herself. She blue balled him she to death. Yeah, but anyway, you know the thing where she was like, and then he came up and and was rubbing on my leg. Yep. I would never tell anybody that. Never. Never. Do you know the day when that dog was sniffing me because Lucille was outside? In, in my head, I was you, like, you if see this dog humps me, I'm going to boot this shit out of it. you see how uncomfortable I am when Oliver's penis like, is I can't deal with it. I can't. I'm like Oliver Have you ever seen a dolphin's penis? No, I haven't looked. I googled it after I watched, after nah, I watched the documentary. I should have, but I didn't. This is taking a turn. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. We're back, baby. Quality podcast. <laughs> Hey, Colin, tell us about the Patreon. Sure thing, Lily Pops. Hey there, MMI fans. It's me, Colin, and do I have news for you. It's all going down over at www.patreon.com forward slash Irish, where we've totally revamped our Patreon offering for you mega fans. 
That's right. Now all of your favorite Patreon stuff can be found in one place as we bring you our MMI Super Show exclusively for Patreon. Featuring all the usual banter and chat between Emma and Sarah Jane, plus me thrown into the bargain, along with Lily's Tales, Maximilian's Bell Bag, and some surprises along the way. But that's not all. Every single week, due to popular demand, we will be bringing you a full-length story, whether it be Miscellaneous Most Irish for those cases that just don't fit on the main show, Murder Most International for those cases you guys have been crying out for, or even Music Most Awesome where we talk about our favourite albums. But wait, there's even more! How about MMI Drive, the fan favourite podcast show where Emma and Sarah Jane drive around Dublin talking about all sorts of shite, plus our monthly Ask Me Arse segment where you get to pick the brains of the girls and maybe even ask me a question or two. So what are you waiting for? Come on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Irish and join in the fun for only six euros a month. Give my mommy six euros. Okay, so today I am going to do the story of uh, the murder of Nicholas Sweeney and the attack of Sinead O'Leary. Um, I don't think I know the story. You might know it when I do it. I kind of knew it. And it was only when I was reading it, I brought it back. So my sources are the Echo Live Delay. Me, me. Echo! That guy that sits outside the thing in Cork outside the post office just shouts Echo. Really? All day. Do people sell the Echo on the yeah. street? Echo! Yeah, that's all he does. Um, I'm a big issue. Big issue. Is this, I think that's still a thing. I haven't seen any big issue sellers in a very long no, time. No, neither have I. But I do know Ashling B was doing work with them. Okay. So, um, also the Irish Times, uh, Finna on T.G. Cahar, which is actually a really good documentary um, that Sinead O'Leary partakes in. Uh, if you get a chance to watch it, do. I got a, from a great episode from the podcast Crime Lapse, which is fantastic. Uh, two girls, they're wonderful. They do a 10 times better job than I could ever do with this. The episode is fantastic. Uh, image.ie, the independent.ie, uh, the Irish Times, and I think that's it. Yeah. That's it. Um, so, as I said, actually do, lads, listen, they're much more popular than we are, but Crime Lapse is a great podcast. It's an Irish girl and an English girl. And it's the same kind of thing as this, but they're not piss takers and they're really, really good at what they do. <laughs> and very researched and they're excellent. So if you get a chance to listen to them, do, but just thank you to them because they, I got some stuff from their podcast for this. So. Uh, on the 27th of April, 2002, Sinead O'Leary, age 19, and her best friend, Nicholas Sweeney, age 20, sat perched on Nicola's bed getting ready for a night out. Nicola and Sinead had become school friends when they both moved back from the UK to Rochestown in County Cork. So Nicola and Sinead were alone in the house. Nicola's parents were back in London and her brother had decided to go out for the night earlier. So they were just by themselves. So at 10.55pm, Sinead was curling her hair as Nicola did her makeup in the ensuite bathroom of her parents' bedroom. Sinead looked up and saw a figure standing at the end of the hallway. Sorry. This is... Sinead said she sat in complete shock as the figure began walking towards the open door of the bedroom. The look on his face and how he was walking towards us. I just knew this wasn't going to be okay, that we were in danger, Sinead said. This freaks me out because it reminds me so much of being younger and going to your mate's house and getting ready for a night out and like curling your hair and doing your makeup and you're chatting on the bed and stuff. And she looks up and there's a man standing in the hallway. Sir, excuse me. Mm, gets much worse. Sinead stood up and began to scream. The man, now standing in the room wearing a dark hoodie, charged at her. He began to unleash a flurry of punches on her and as she fell to the ground, the man took two knives out of the inside of his hoodie. What? 
Um, Sinead said, quote, he just, without speaking, he pushed me down onto the floor and immediately just started stamping on my body and my legs and kicking me. And I started screaming and I screamed for Nicola and she came running out of the bathroom then and she was just screaming at him to stop. He just turned and looked at her and never spoke, spoke, never changed his expression and just lifted up his shirt to reveal the two knives. The man lifted the knife and stabbed Sinead O'Leary, uh, 20 times in her arms, chest, legs and abdomen. So violent was the attack that the knife broke off inside Sinead's arm. Sinead lay in excruciating agony on the floor and the man, believing Sinead to be dead, left the room to try and find Nicola. Nicola ran out. She started screaming at him to stop and then he stabbed her and then ran after the girl. Sinead was still alive and managed to get to the downstairs bathroom where she locked herself inside, bleeding out on the ground. So her thought process was, I'm going to go downstairs, I'm going to try and get to the phone. But then she heard him again and she ran into the bathroom and locked the door. This is terrifying. The attacker found Nicola in her parents' bathroom, cowered in the corner. Nicola begged the man not to hurt her before he lunged and stabbed her 11 times. The stab wound through her heart would be what caused the 20-year-old's death. She bled out on her parents' bedroom floor. What?! So Nicola Sweeney was born to her parents, Josephine and John Sweeney, in Bonsecours Hospital in County Cork. Her parents described... When did this happen? This 2002. 2002 this happened. And like, I kind of remember it, but not to the point where it should have been. Like, this is shocking. Beyond shocking. Like, And it's just, it's insane. When you find out why, it's just crazy. So her parents described her as a kind, vivacious and beautiful daughter. Josephine and John had relocated, relocated to the UK after Nicola was, was born, returning most summers where Nicola would be in her element around the landscape and animals of rural Cork. Nicola longed to move to Ireland permanently and in 1998 Nicola and her family finally made the move so they came back to Ireland. Nicola attended school where a secondary school and it was here she would meet Sinead O'Leary. Sinead had just returned back to Ireland from living in the UK and the two bonded over being the only people in the school with thick English accents. Nicola and Sinead became incredibly close and when Sinead moved to Dublin to attend college and Nicola stayed in Cork, they still remained friends. Nicola's brother spoke of how Nicola and Sinead made census friends and they would quote, just bounce off one another. So Sinead came home for the Easter holidays and decided to spend most of her time with Nicola. Oh, sorry. It was during this period that Sinead decided she did not want to return to college in Dublin, so she was kind of just hiding in Nicola's house. She was like, I don't want to go back to college, I want to stay here, I don't want to. They're both, like, Cork people are so, they love Cork. Oh, yeah, and I have a girl oh, that works geez, with me, they love and Cork. she's just like, when are we opening a Cork? Yeah, they love Cork. Like, um, so on the Saturday night of her Easter break, Sinead went to Nicola's house to cook dinner for him. For them, they had decided to stay in, but when Nicola's friends started texting and calling and asking her to come out, the two decided to head into town. So Sinead called a taxi and the driver told them he would arrive, arrive at around 11pm. So it could have been like 10-15 minutes after, like rural taxis. So at 10.55pm, five minutes before the girls were to leave Nicola's house, Sinead's life would change and Nicola's would end. So as Sinead lay in the bathroom, she knew she had to get help. She stood up and looked in the mirror to see her entire body covered in blood. Nicola said she heard the man walk down the stairs and she tried to stay as quiet as possible and then she heard him leave. So she was in the bathroom like with the door locked. Just he just like, left. He just left because he thought she didn't go back upstairs to check if she, he didn't even know she'd gone downstairs. So he just presumed she was dead. He stabbed her 20 times. Sinead attempted to open the door on the lock on the bathroom door but her arms were so badly cut and covered in blood she could not manoeuvre the lock. She eventually got out and called for Nicola, but there was no answer. She ran to Nicola's parents' room and found her, found her laying face down on the ground. 
Nicola was still alive and Sinead could hear her moaning. She told Nicola everything would be okay and called the guardie from Nicola's mobile. Nicola explained to the guardie in a complete shock. Sorry, Sinead explained to the guardie in complete shock what had happened. So she was like, my friend and I are after being stabbed. And you know, it was really frustrating. She said she was ringing and they kept putting her on, pushing her on hold. Why? She's like, I was ringing and I was like, I need the guardie. They were like, please hold. She just kept putting her on hold. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. She was like, it was a good like five, six minute conversation of her trying to be like, hello, can someone help me? And then be like, please hold. <laughs> and her friend's bleeding out on the ground side her like, and she's bleeding out too. So as Sinead lay on the floor beside her friend, holding her and trying to keep Nicola awake, Nicola's mobile phone rang. It was Nicola's mother. <gasps> Sinead had to tell her what had happened. She told Josephine that Nicola was okay, that everything was going to be okay. Unfortunately and heartbreakingly, this would not be the case. Nicola was pronounced dead at the scene. Sinead said, quote, it's a privilege in a way that I got to be there with her. I'm glad that she wasn't alone. Jesus Christ. Imagine you're going on a night out with your mate and then 10 minutes later, she's dying in your arms on the floor because some dude broke in and just stabbed you both. This whole thing is insane. It's insane, Sarah Jane. And I don't know how it, more people have to know. Like, this is nuts. In rural Cork. Almost the house locked, like when he got in. I forget I found it. So at 11.30pm, the guardie arrived on the scene. So the guardie found Nicola's body in the bedroom upstairs. And Sinead, severely weakened from her blood loss, was able to give the guardie a description of the man before collapsing. She just was able to, like, get the information out and then she just collapsed. She lost so much blood, like. Is there no ambulance there? There was an ambulance there, but they were obviously trying to get to her. Okay. Like, can you tell us what he looked like? And just yeah. let us know. Sinead had described the man as tall and slender with a goatee and a shaved head. At this point, neighbours in the small town had begun to gather outside Sinead's uh, driveway. People were so concerned um, when uh, Sinead's description, so Sinead gave the description of the attacker. This has been passed to the guardie and then there was a guardie outside. So they went out and told the guardie outside. The guardie looked down and noticed a man amongst the crowd who matched Sinead's description. The same man had given the guardie directions to Nicola's house only moments earlier. So she was like, he's tall, slender, he's got a goatee and a shaved head. So the guardie went out and told the other guardie in the garden that's who was, and they looked down and he was standing at the bottom of the garden. Oh my God. Um, the guardie calmly approached the young man, asking him if he knew anything about what ha- had happened in the house. The man acted like he didn't. He began asking the guardie questions about how the house looked and what damage had been done. The guardie refused to tell him, but they did take him in for questioning immediately. Did he have blood on him? The man was 19-year-old Peter Whelan. 19. Whelan was known to the guardie, having been arrested for a previous attack at a New Year's Eve party, uh, where Whelan, uh, so he had gone to a New Year's Eve party, broken into a private New Year's Eve party, and they were like, get the fuck out, and he won't, and then he started trying to attack the girls at the party, so the guardie came and threw him out and arrested Oh my whatever. god. And then he'd also allegedly broken into a crash and urinated all over the children's toys, in the, like, sort of crash in the area. <laughs> So Whelan had a history of violence and his behaviour seemed to be escalating towards a serious attack. So on the night of Nicola's murder and Sinead's attack, Whelan had been thrown out of a bar for attempting to smash a glass ashtray over a barman's head. When the guardie arrived at that bar, Whelan ran. He then went home, picked up two knives and left his house. So this all happened on the same night. He went, tried to attack a guy in a bar, ran when the guardie arrived and then went home and got the knives and started walking. After uh, sorry, da, 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 da. after stabbing Nicola and Sinead, Whelan discarded the knife, went home. How did he get into the house? Through the side door, it was open. 
it says it here. Went home, took off his bloodstained clothes and was sat in the kitchen with his mother and had, had a cigarette. Uh, after hearing the sirens, Whelan redressed, went back to Nicholas' house to purvey the damage to you, he had done and it was here that he was arrested. So he did it, threw the knife away, went home, had a wash, took off his clothes, had a cigarette with his mother, then he heard the sirens, got dressed and went back to the house. To see, to to see. see what he had done and to get the light kick out of been like, oh, what's happening? I did this. What the fuck? The guardie questioned Whelan and when he asked when he asked if both the girls were dead, the guardie told him no, but one of the girls had survived. Whelan replied, I'm just sorry I didn't do more. <gasps> Whelan told the guardie that he entered the house through an unlocked side door. He turned off all the lights as he walked around the property. He told them that the house was chosen completely at random and the only reason he had entered was because the lights were on. I mean, this is fucking terrifying. Whelan did not know either Nicola or Sinead and the attack attack had been completely random. He wanted to kill someone and walk past a house with lights on. And the door was open and he went in. He didn't know them. Everybody lock your doors. Lock your doors. Even when you're in in there. In the country. Lock your doors. This is my ma. Lock your fucking back door, Kathleen. That door is never locked. People are just like, hey, who the fuck? This is, I'm not shocked at all that the doors were unlocked. Like, that's pure country mentality, like. But yeah, he, because when I first started reading this, I was like, oh, he must have been, you know, the usual, she rejected him and he was like, oh, I'm a man. Nope, the lights were on, so he went in. And not only did he kill, like, one of them, he went for the second one as well. He tried to kill both of them. When the guardian asked Whelan why he had done it, he said, quote, it's in my head, he told me to do it, he did. I don't know why I did it. I was going to kill myself or someone else. It has been in my head for ages to hurt myself. I did this in my head. I did sick things in my head. So that's the reason he wasn't gave to the guardie. Whelan told the guardie where he had discarded the second knife and also where they would find his bloody clothes in the bedroom. So he told him everything. Peter Whelan was charged with the murder of Nicholas Sweeney and the attack of Sinead O'Leary. Sinead O'Leary had to contend with the murder of her best friend along with severe severe damage that had been done to her body like he she was destroyed like in bits she had to take it took her like months to get her arms back working he sliced her abdomen open he sliced her legs he like made managed that she looked like a patchwork like somebody had sewn her back together it would take months for Nicola to fully heal physically Sinead sorry to fully heal physically so in December 20, 2002 it's mad though when you think about it because he was caught the day it happened. So there was no like big searching yeah. literally an hour after it happened he went back to the garden and was like and she was like that's what he looks like and they were like he's fucking standing outside. <laughs> like like insane. Were they, were they, like how what? I just It's just crazy. The guards were the guards not just like Yes the guards were like what are you why are you here like yeah and he didn't even try and kind of run or get out of it or and anything else did his mum know what he had done then I never read a single thing about his parents nothing's not in court nothing nothing about his parents at all I don't think they even and how old like, was he 19 19 years old but he was adopted and he had been I think a couple of months previously he had been in rehab for drugs and stuff um, so he had problems, but like if your son is going in and pissing on toys in a crash, that's odd. There's something very wrong there. Like, um, blah, blah, blah. so on December 20, 2002, Peter Whelan's trial began. As Whelan had already pleaded guilty to both charges brought forward, there was no jury called. 
Instead, the Sweeney and O'Leary family would get a chance to speak about the pain that they had endured. So uh, Nicola's brother, Nicola's the girl that died, told of how in, 2000, in t- 2002, seats were not reserved for family members in the courtroom. So they had to try and get seats. So there was like randomers and strangers and like all these people in the courtroom. And they were like, sorry, can we sit here with the family of the deceased? I was like, what? Yeah. So back then you couldn't because now they reserve seats for the family members where they're like, they can sit here and be whatever. But back then they weren't pe- random people were just sitting in the seats and they had to like sit away from each other and stuff. So bizarre. Um, due to the layout of the courtroom, the Sweeney's and O'Leary's had to walk past Peter Whelan each time they entered the room. So he was sitting there and they talked past him. Sinead O'Leary bravely and amazingly took the stand to give a victim impact statement. As Sinead spoke, Whelan showed absolutely no reaction or remorse and he continued to show no, no remorse throughout the trial. Nothing. Not just nothing. Nothing at all. Sinead told the court, my most vivid memory of my physical injuries was the day my sur- surgery bandages were removed. I remember looking down at my arms and feeling sick to my stomach and shaking. I looked like a patchwork quilt and lost the ability to even lift my right hand or to use my arm at all. I had been cut to pieces. Nerves were severed as were tendons and muscles throughout my arm. Sinead t- told the court that her life was now a struggle to survive at just 20 years of age. She said the only thing keeping her going was trying to get justice for her best friend. Quote, every day of my life is a struggle to survive what happened that night. I live in fear of my own memories. Now my life is lived with fear, pain and hysteria of every second of what happened to me. Even my precious memories of Nicola are tainted by the evil, cold-blooded murder. I can't even think of her in a good light because of him. Nicola's father, John, also read an impact statement. How do you get out in court in front Don't of a person that's done that to your sitting, daughter? And he's sitting there like... And he's sitting there showing like... Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Like, no remorse. And I would think one of the saddest parts about this is that uh, Sinead thought Nicola was still alive when she was in the house. So they brought Sinead from one hospital and they brought Nicola to another hospital. So Sinead was like in hospital, obviously on massive amounts of pain medication because she was out of her mind. And she kept being like, where's Nicola? Is Nicola okay? Is Nicola okay? And then she said a nurse came to her bedside at 4am and was like, your friend's dead. And she was like, I "I thought we'd get through it and we'd we'd be together and we could get through this together and we'd be friends forever. And like, she's a little bit older than us now. And on that documentary, Finna on TJ Carr, it's devastating. Like, because, you know, when you had a best friend when you were that age, the most... She was like, that's the most important person. You're just like, I love you so much. And like, I can't imagine my life without you. And then she gets murdered in front of you. Ugh, it's fucking, for no reason, for no nothing. Reason. No rhyme or reason. Just your lights were on in your house. Oh, so Nicola's father, John, also read an impact statement. This is from Liam Collins in The Independent. He said, our world as we knew it ended on April 26th. Before this, we were a happy family. Life before this was happy and content. We looked forward to the day we would hold Nicola's children. Now we have memories that torment us. They torment each one of us. She was butchered in a most monstrous way after begging for the life of Sinead O'Leary. The evil lust to kill, those are our memories. My wife has spent time in hospital. Both of us are on medication constantly. I toss and turn at night trying to block out these horrific memories, but the torment will go on as long as we live on this earth. My my wife is much worse. She locks herself in the room wanting to die. Sean, Sean, who's her brother, tries to block it out by pretending she has gone on a trip around the world. Christopher, who's her youngest brother, our little son, wonders where his sister has gone. Our house, which Nicola picked and loved, is still perfect. We find it impossible to believe that she is gone. So, John Sweeney, Nicola's father, appealed to Judge 
uh, Carney, Paul Carney, to pass down a sentence of life for the murder of his daughter with a further 70 years for the brutal attack on Sinead O'Leary. Quote, he is truly evil and very dangerous, and I believe in time this evil will emerge, Mr. Sweeney said. Judge Carney told the court that the crime was so horrific that he was going to treat the attacks as two separate crimes. Justice Carney imposed a mandatory life sentence, and for the attempted murder of Sinead O'Leary, he was handed down 15 years. These would, 15? But these would serve consecutively. So concurrently is usually what happens in the Irish courts. You serve, if you get eight years and nine years, you serve them concurrently. But he was like, you're going to serve your life sentence and then you're going to get another 15 years. For How this long is a life sentence? Life sentence. So life sentence is 30 years, but every seven, you get the chance to be paroled. So, so, oh, okay. But they're trying to change that so It's going now. to serve minimum 45 years. Basically, yeah. So they're trying to change that now to be every 12 years you get paro- you can get parole. But it was meant to pass in July, but I, of this year is only. Is he still in prison? He's still in prison, yeah. Well, wait to hear this. Uh, da, da, da. Okay, so yeah, he imposed a, um, these would be served consecutively. Whelan once again showed no emotion. He did not react at all. Could he say anything? The only thing he said too, he said guilty and guilty. That was it. Nothing else. Not a word. Hmm. Defence barrister, Mr. Gore Burke. Uh, barristers have the best names. Who's that other guy that always makes me laugh? He's got a great name. I can't remember it anyway. He said... I can offer no explanation, excuse, or evidence. This what's is... the name of the guy that said, uh... Oh, what's his name? Blaze. Blaze! Blaze. <laughs> he said, science... What is it? You're trying to... You're trying to trick us with science. You're trying to trick us with your dirty science. <laughs> what? Blaze. It's fucking science. I can't trick you. Um, but Mr. Gore Burke said, I can offer no explanation, excuse, or evidence. This was a terrible crime. It was a sacrifice without any reason. Which is true. There was no reason for this. So in 2003, a year, one year after he He had appealed, been, he appealed. He appealed the old sentence. Fucking cunt. But he was dismissed. Whelan has continued to appeal over the last number of years. On, over, on what grounds? He said that his human rights were violated because the, the judge was like, I'm, you're being sentenced for two people. Not, we're taking two crimes, not one crime. And he's making it run consecutively. And he's like, that's infringing on my human rights. Is it? No. Murdering people Murdering is infringing people. Stabbing, on your, yeah. stabbing two, two girls to death in their fucking house is infringing on people's human rights. You yeah. prick. So, will you, How do these people have to go? The, and you know what else? And I get it. It's a job. It's a job. I get it. But sometimes it's so hard to understand the people that have to work for him and have to be his lawyers and his barristers being like, yeah, we're going to go to court and appeal this now because it's against his human rights. And then like, like he hasn't stated, he hasn't, he isn't mentally ill. And he hasn't stated, he hasn't said anything. Um, He has told people that he was going to do this regardless. regardless. And that the only reason it was chosen was because the, the door was yep. open and the lights were on. Literally. Um, And yet it's, he, he has the audacity to be like, You're to be like my, my human, human rights, rights are being violated. I was like, this is terrible. Terrifying. It's terrifying because, like, you've all been there with We've your friends. Been sitting on your bed, doing your hair, doing your makeup, listening to music, getting ready to go, having a great time, having a few drinks, and you look up and there is a man standing in your fucking hallway. Like, and then lunges at you with a knife, and you're like, what the. Like, no, I just. So, Whelan has continued to appeal over the last number of years, meaning uh, Sinead, her family... Have to go back to court every single fucking time. And Nick time. and his family have to continue giving victim impact statements in order to keep Whelan in prison. Six years into Whelan's sentence, uh, he had several meetings with parole boards who recommended escor- escorted day releases in Cork for him. Sorry? Sinead has uh, said that this news, quote, threw all the recovery I'd done completely out of the water. They were like, just let him out couple of days a month to walk around 
have a little look around. It's like when Clarice tells Hannibal she's going to send him to the island. Yeah. With the lepers. Yeah. So they recommended to let him out just for a couple of days. On on what grounds? No grounds. Other than like they think... He showed no remorse. No remorse. No remorse. Nothing. Nothing. So the appeals are ongoing um, and the families and the families... Sorry, for, I'm going for the families and the fear of Whelan's release hangs over their heads. Sinead said she lives in constant trauma and that it seems never ending. She sees Whelan's day releases as a symptom of the frayed prison services. Quote, the prison system allows a psychologist to make such a big decision. But if you look at the pay grade for psychologists within the system, it's clear that they don't put much importance on it. <laughs> oh, fucking yeah, Sinead. <laughs> in November 2011. Sinead, oh my gosh. Sinead bad bitch. Sinead a badass bitch. In November 2011, the families had to endure even more upset as Whelan was brought forward for a parole. Sorry. Sinead wrote a 9,000 word impact statement in which she said she fears for her life and the lives of other if Whelan is released. So he Wait, but he's, he, I just don't understand. I they don't understand. They are literally understand. like, this chap's in jail and it seems the justice system is like, how can we get Mo? 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 Just put him on day release there. We'll give he him another parole hearing. Fucking she butchered to two yeah, women. She had to go and give a 9,000 word, like, pleading. Being like, please don't let this man out of jail. He came into my friend's house, stabbed her to death and tried to stab me to death for no reason. I'm sorry, he thought he had he stabbed, stabbed me stabbed to death, death and, left. and then left and went and yeah. stabbed my friend to yeah. death. And left them bleeding on the ground. And she said that when, so when he was attacking Nicola, no, sorry, when he was attacking Sinead, Nicola came in screaming, being like, stop, stop, what are you doing? Please stop. And she said he looked up at uh, Nicola and just continued to stab Sinead but was like smiling at Nicola like it was almost like you're next she was like he just she was like he was he's like she keeps saying he's a fucking psychopath she's like he is a psychopath she was like he enjoyed every minute of it she was like and he came back to see the damage he had done because he was getting off on it and she's right he was getting off on it Poor girls. poor girls. Like this poor. How does she? How do you go to sleep tonight? How? How do you like? Because the minute you told me this, right? I like. You're like immediately like I have to go downstairs. No, I wasn't even like. Yeah, but I do have to walk downstairs, and I hate leaving here. But like, I was like, I have to tell. Like, we can't ever leave. Like, don't leave your door unlocked. I just lock your doors. Like, like because and it's unfortunate that it's not unfortunate, but it is unfortunate that you have to think like that. But just lock your doors, because there are motherfuckers like this out there. There are motherfuckers like this out there. It's not. This happened in Cork in 2002. This is like some shit you see on like I survived in America. Do you know what I mean? This is an I survived story. So in November 2011, oh yeah, sorry, I read that. Uh, as for now, as of now, Whelan remains in prison. What the, prison? Uh, Wheatfield. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. But the ever-present fear still exists for Sinead and the Sweeney family. So uh, Sinead and the Sweeney set up a foundation under Nicola's name. And it's nicolasweeneyfoundation.org. Sorry, and I'll put the link for it in our on our Instagram in, in the bio for this episode as well. So the objects of the foundation are as follows. To serve as a contact point for the family and friends of the victims of murder and to provide assistance and advice in dealing with the aftermath thereof. To campaign for, campaign for a more acceptable form of justice for the family and friends of the victims of murder and to campaign for the purposes of securing a change in the law that A, a life sentence for murder means the murderer remains in custody for the duration of his or her life. B, 
be the family and friends of the victim of murder should be consulted prior to any murder being considered for release from custody. I don't like that's shocking. So what happens in America is you are so there's and in England is there is a police officer assigned to you as yeah. your liaison officer, yeah. and they're supposed to inform you even after when someone's coming out of prison yeah, to be or like, this person's being released. I yeah. need to let you and your family know. Yeah. To make whatever you need to do to feel safe and feel okay. Yeah. Like, but wait, you hear this. The Sweeney's and O'Leary's have slammed the justice systems for their treatment of victims and also their inability to form inform them of the date of Whelan's day releases. They didn't even tell them when this motherfucker was out on his like three day little walk around Cork. They didn't tell the family. What? She just didn't tell the family. She was like, I could have bumped into him on the street. Yeah. So, quote, we were told by our local TD and these three monthly external visits, which have been confirmed when I contacted the Irish prison system. Our lives are sadly being tormented all over again by the way they are dealing with us. That is the story of the murder of Nicola Sweeney and the violent, horrible, cruel attack of Sinead O'Leary. And the fact that this motherfucker has been allowed out to have a little walk around Cork uh, three days a month. And the families of these people aren't being told and could literally walk into him. This is fucking horrific. And like that poor girl was like, she, when you're a reader, she's like, I'm going to, I was thinking about getting an alsatian because I feel like I need a dog to be safe. She's like, then I just think I'm going to leave court. She's like, I'm going to leave my family and my friends because I can't live here anymore. I can't be here if he's going to be out. Like she could have been walking into an Aldi and walked into him. Because they didn't tell them. The man who murdered your best friend and tried to murder you is out and about there. It's just insanity. Like that's just I don't I don't crazy? understand. I'm silent because I just yeah, think the I whole thing it. is like um, shocking. She's amazing. She's so astute and well spoken, and she's like tried so hard. And her and Sinead, uh, her and Nicola were lo- loved animals when they were kids, and she does work now from an, for an animal sanctuary in Puerto Rico. So she kind of was like, I want to keep uh, Nicola's memory alive. And you know, it was really funny. She was when she was in the in the documentary. She was sitting at the table, and she took out pictures of them when they were in school. And she took out this notebook where, you know, the last day of school where everybody like writes notes. I was like, this was me with my friend. Like, this was me with my friend. Mm-hmm. My friend Susan and I, we would go out at the weekends and I would go and sit in her house and we'd do our makeup and our hair and get ready to go out. Like, and they're just these two innocent girls sitting there doing that. And this motherfucker walks in through the back door and stabs, stabs them. them. Imagine the fear. Like, just the fear of like so, looking. She said she was just like, she, she, she said she just sat there. She didn't know what to do. And she was like, and then in her brain, she was like, Maybe it's one of Nicola's brother's friends. That's what she, And then she said she walked, saw him walking forward and she said she saw his face. She's like, he's going to do something. She just knew immediately. Like, Sarah, I would die. Why did you tell me the story? Sorry. I know. I have to go home now. I just also was frustrated because it just seems like women can just be murdered and girls can just be murdered outright. And it's like, and then their murderers are just, it's almost like you the justice system is just waiting to release them. Yeah. There's no kind of thing where they're like, we're going to keep this motherfucker away from the general population as long as we can because he's clearly dangerous. dangerous. They're like, how can we get him out to go get ice cream on a Saturday? Send him out for three days a month. Send him out for three days a month. And that's, remember that guy that was going to Foss Down Road? Yeah. That's what they do. They like, get sent I, for like courses and I stuff. I can't. You know that guy that was sent to the courses? It was the gent. It, it was the guy that, um, Killed his remember his adopted daughter and wife in the oh, fire. Yeah, yeah. Um, but 
We did do them. We did do them. So I know about it. Sorry, yeah. Um, but like, no one told the victims that, like, the family of that woman that uh, he was out and about. That he was out and about. And in the like, fuss, he was like hitting on some girls, asking girls, like hitting on like girls and being like, "Can I have your number?" And like, "Can you go die, you motherfucker?" And none of the people in class were informed who he was or what he'd done. And like, and I understand it's all like GDPR and privacy, blah blah blah. I don't want to die. So can you tell me? Yeah, I obviously, and also, um, I have the right to know if I am sitting in a classroom. And interacting with an individual who is currently serving yeah. time for, for murder. murder. Like, it's... Like, that's not, like, that's not privacy no. because it's on the public record. It's, and it's dangerous. And he is also still serving time. Like, this isn't like... It's not like he's out. He's just, they're just giving him release to go do this yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's still he's serving his time. Like, it's mad. Which he isn't, by the way. Like, it's serving your time and being no. allowed to leave prison for fucking You're in, two in, or three go, days a week. Go to jail, stay in jail. And they don't, they're not like, there's no one with them. No. No! That's it! They just have to yeah, sign in and out. out. Yeah. And like, when I was thinking about that Peter Wheel guy, it's like, he could just be like, I'm, I'm off now. Go and kill somebody else and then just go back. Yeah. What's going to happen to him? Nothing. And he's, like, he... The thing about him is he wanted to murder someone. This wasn't like a... He wasn't mentally a well, no. all ill. He didn't, they didn't try for insanity or anything. They were just like... He's no, just, because he said, I'm, yeah, I, wanted I wanted to kill to somebody. somebody. And yeah, I know he was like, I have these things in my no, head. But he was like, I want somebody dead. And if it wasn't them, it was going to be me or somebody else. Yeah. Like, my that's the same thing Richard from... Ramirez said. Yeah. Just FYI. Yeah. Richard Ramirez was like, I have all these terrible things in my head and I just have I to act them out. Yeah. Like, he went, and he didn't get done by, by for no. criminal insanity. And he fucking murdered how, how many, many people? people and raped how yeah. many children. Like, it's like just... this is like, but yet the Irish prison system is like, oh, we um, know. We know. We Listen, know. We know. And just let him out there like, on a Thursday to go and, uh, pick his arsehole or whatever he's doing to the cinema go to the cinema like it's so whenever I read stuff like this I'm like this is like a really fucked up episode of Father Ted like and the fact that you're letting him out on day release and not informing the family inform the families they are terrified of this man and he's like they're she's so terrified that girl is fucking terrified if that was me I would be the exact same I'd be like I can't live here anymore I have to get out I I have to leave I can't be here. And then it's so shit that she feels like she has to leave her family. And like, obviously she's incredibly close to her family because of what happened. And so is I mean? he going back down to Cork when he's on day release? Yeah. 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 Great, isn't it? Probably going to see mommy and daddy. I'm sure mommy is like, oh. I would never, ever, ever talk to a single, to anybody within my family if they'd done something like no. that. Like, it's just shocking. It's fucking shocking and but I'll put up the um there's a petition to sign on the website just because they're trying to make changes in the judicial system yeah, she put up. I'll pop it up um and I really Sinead Leary is amazing I'd actually love to talk to her like she's so interesting and she's so smart and she's like a really really cool person like a really cool person um I'd love to just speak to her because I just think she's wonderful but her poor family and Nicholas her her Nicholas and family, Nicholas like, family they're just broken how'd you lose your breath like cause you like that's like this happening to me and you I know and that's what I was thinking when I was reading it I was like that's like me and Sarah just sitting in your gaff I'd be like she's gone down the stairs <laughs> <laughs> go get her she's probably in the bathroom yeah uh, but like that's it <laughs> see you later <laughs> but like that is the thing and you know the way whenever I sit in your house I know this is ridiculous but I'm always afraid no I'm always afraid under the stairs. Yeah. I'm always like 
And then whenever Lily comes down, I'm like, Lily! Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, those awful. poor girls, those poor girls, mm. that poor fa- that that entire thing, yeah. I did not, I did not know the story. I only heard, I remember it kind of vaguely, but it was only when I started reading more about it that I was like, fuck me. Could, there before the grace of God go us. Yeah. Because it wasn't like he had a, there before the an grace issue God with anybody. them, or he was dating one of them, or like, blah, blah, blah. Didn't know them. Broke into their house because the light was on, because the lights were on. And didn't even break into the house, walked in the side door. Anyway. You did a great job. Thanks. Close your doors. Lock your doors, please. I'm begging yeah, you, lock your fucking doors, safe. please. Don't leave your doors open. Uh, Kathleen, lock your door. Kathleen get a bat. Kathleen get a big dog. Get a big dog. Get a bat. Get. Don't get a gun. Uh, don't do that. Just stay safe if you can. I mean, it's easy for, it's, it's so easy to be like, stay safe and then. You don't, but anything you can do to protect yourself. Anything do you can it. do, because even I was saying, like uh, my mom was saying, my mom's terrified about that car. Which car? Terrified about our new car. About someone stealing it, yeah. is it? They'd be fine. How long have you been? I know, but she's there, terrified, like? right? And I was like, "Mom, it's just a thing. Yeah. Like if they steal it, they steal it. Exactly. Like, I was like, you know, it's just a thing. And she was like, "Yeah, but don't bring the keys upstairs. <laughs> don't bring the keys." I was like, "I don't sleep with the car keys under the pillow." I'll tell everyone where you put the car keys. I know where you put But then I was saying to Graham, we should probably like put some more security on the front door. It's not a bad idea, Sergeant. Like, it's actually not a bad idea. The only thing I will say about where you live is that it's there's so many houses there. Do you know what I mean? I know, I but you know, do would, hear would, things. Would anybody break it? Like, doing the Batman. I know, I've never heard there. of anybody broken into, but I've heard of like there being like trouble, and I did hear of someone's door being like kicked, kicked in. Yeah. Um, but I think that was like a trouble with him there was somebody else yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no just to- there is but I think it's always like if you can take a step to be more safe you should but then it's like that thing of like you just like you don't want to be living in fear yeah. do you know but I think the way that you can stop living in fear is just to protect yourself as much as possible like mm-hmm. that's the only way you can stop living in fear like I've always told you one of my biggest fears is opening the window and leaving someone like pulling my blinds and then somebody standing outside but that's because of your mum's house that's because of my mum's house but like this, I was I said your man's house. I was like, I own that window. When I read this, I was like, oh god, that's like that's a whole other that's level. A whole other level of that shit. Like that's beyond. Just standing in the fucking hallway in the dark because he turned all the lights off. Who? Keep him in prison. Keep him in prison. Don't let that fucker out. The other day, I was thinking about a very very long time ago when I still lived at home. I was a kid. Yeah. And there was um a couple that lived like. Uh, two doors up from us on the other block yeah and they were like super volatile and they were really violent he was really violent to her and I rem- I have like you know, I seen her walking on the road the other day uh, she doesn't live on my parents road anymore and she's a different partner but I seen her and I had this like immediate flashback to her husband stabbed her fuck off and stabbed her repeatedly and then stabbed her in the arm and the knife got stuck in her arm and she managed to get out of her house and she hid in our front garden in the middle of the night and I remember my dad I remember waking up because I slept at the front of the house and she was in the front garden and he was standing in the middle of the road Sarah, screaming and I remember being like dad I won't say the lady's name dad dad and going dad was downstairs but had headphones on and being like you need to go out. like I don't like someone Something's needs to go outside. outside and my dad went outside and like the man came up to my dad to like attack him 
but he couldn't see the lady because she was she like hit coward in our garden she was covered in blood in her arms and the knife was still stuck in her arm um and I remember my dad being like oh just go back home just go back home like it'll be okay but he like walked past her and was like shh don't say, don't anything. say anything he was like just go back home I'll walk back up with you and we'll see if we can find her and then as he walked your man back up she like our front door was open and she I ran she ran into the house oh no and I just remembered no 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 home. no no is she okay now she, yeah she's she is okay she's not she's, with him is she no but like they had two small children in that house and she said she ran out because she knew he would run after her and get away from the kids and get away from the kids isn't that fucking horrific domestic abuse in this country is but like being a woman and being like I have to choose between my, my life and my, and my kids, kids life. life so I'm gonna choose I could be, I'm then, probably gonna die yeah so I'm gonna run out of his house to get him to come with me to come to me while I have a knife like she had a butcher like a carving knife oh, stuck in her arm oh god everybody I never forget oh. she came into but like I had kind of forgotten about it because I hadn't thought about it in a long time well, I'd say you're oppressed because that's a fucked up memory yeah and then have. I saw her walking down the road today and I was like oh my god do you remember that thing happened to her that's but I remember her sitting in my house and she had the knife in her arm. Yeah, and it was like true to the other side. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. And he had like, and she was all cut up on her arms and he had like stabbed her like multiple times in the arms and they were stabs where she'd like held her uh, arms uh, up. That's what Sinead said. She said when he was stabbing her, she put her hands up and it was mainly her arms he hit. Yeah. Um, Because that was like the only way she was like, the only way I can deflect him getting my head or my, my chest is to put my arms up. anyway that's been trauma corner fucking hell man everything is a nightmare um lock your doors please 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 i'm asking you to lock your doors uh just to be safe because these as i said these motherfuckers exist yeah no they do and they're only waiting for a fucking opportunity waiting waiting lock your doors wear a mask here do you want it uh, oh pennies are selling period pants are they i don't know if we should be oh uh, shooing the the fast fashion but my friend Michelle told me that pennies are selling period pants oh, we should check if it anybody out. needs to buy period pants and cannot afford to buy the very expensive ones popped pennies and if you want period just pants just do what I do free blade free I'm going to try them do you ever see that TikTok of the girl who's like uh, getting um, running out of tampons and having to yeah. um, <laughs> deal with my period when my ancestors did <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah don't free bleed why not no, free bleed if you want to free bleed I don't bleed. want your dirty blood it's dangerous free bleed how is how is it dangerous it crawls along the ground like Ghostbusters see there's a new Ghostbusters yeah Paul Rudd isn't it yeah it looks uh, dreadful terrible um, I'll still go see it I'll see the new James Bond is coming out I'm very excited about it who's, the, who's James Bond it's still Daniel Craig he's, oh, he's gonna quit has he not quit yet no they gave him like 50 million dollars oh, uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge wrote this yeah, one I knew Phoebe I knew Phoebe did it I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it I love uh, James Bond but I know you do well, the I new ones not Daniel the old Craig. ones I fucking love Daniel she Craig she loves a bit of Daniel Craig like I would let him put his penis <laughs> inside me in in my vagina in my asshole <laughs> no <laughs> no way he, does that. he doesn't deserve it um, no one deserves it no but Daniel deserves. does um, if Daniel wants I it won't, I won't watch that movie I'm brown wings no <laughs> If if uh, I won't watch that movie. No, you don't really like those movies. I don't care about James Bond. Yeah. I'm like, what's happening here? And he definitely has STDs. And every time I see him, I'm like, that man's crawling with STDs. Crawling. I can't talk. Jesus. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. 
Anton was at STDs allegedly. Anyway, we gotta go because you gotta go home because you're tired. I can tell. I'm terrified now going over. I'm not tired. How dare you you make those decisions for me? You were yawning like two minutes ago. Yeah, I'm yawning. That doesn't mean I'm tired. Yeah, good. I'm glad. What yawning just means that your brain needs more oxygen. It doesn't mean that you're tired. You're tired. Why does your brain need more oxygen? Because you're tired. When I get up first thing in the morning and I yawn, am I tired then? Yes, you are. Sure, that makes no sense. <laughs> when I wake up first thing, am I tired? Yes! You stupid bitch. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not tired after I've slept. Um, How dare you? I was Blind me with science. <laughs> What's a blaze set? Stop trying to use your magic science on us. Um, I was going to say, I can't there's something else. I can't remember. I'll remember oh, eventually. Okay. Whatever. Have a nice week, I everybody. have to do a story. Next, yeah, for next week. Yeah, but we have to do it too. What do we do? It's a lot of pressure. I want, I'm quitting. <laughs> this is it. I'm pulling a lily. Lily and Sarah have done. Fucking done. Lily said to me, she's like, no, I just want to play in my room. I and I was like, I don't, don't we all? Lily, we all, we all want to play in our room. Um, But everybody a have a lovely week. Have a lovely week, everybody. We're back. We're back, baby. Quality podcast. Boop, 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 boop. Um, Thank you very much. Happy Colin, Christmas. Colin, put in that siren noise. <laughs> Have you ever seen a crowd going ape shit? Yeah, that one. Put that sound in. Um, we're back next week with more fun and awfulness. <sighs> Colin's song is about me enjoying uh, gross things like earwax. Not, I don't enjoy earwax. I enjoy the room. Have you ever tasted earwax. earwax accidentally? Oh yeah, many times. Oh, we were playing a game of Never Have I Ever in work. Right. And... Uh, did it get deep? Did it get deep? I took a turn. Someone Googled some Never Have I Ever questions. And by the third one, I was like, lads, I can play this game. Like, like, this compromises me in in my position. It was, will I I tell you what the question was? The question was, would you rather drink a cup of your mother's... Milk? I yeah Toilet or your art. daddy's no <laughs> see yeah no. see I was like lads lads no who wrote these que- lads what is that? lads I no. said I can't even hear you I don't I don't want to know I'm not answering and I don't want to hear the, I don't want to hear the over. answers you're all like, fired you're all fired <laughs> these are disgusting yeah goodbye goodbye okay bye everybody ah Jesus Colin Emma's only after been on to the people on the Patreon asking them for weird body pictures. We gotta do. Oh, just never at it. Pustal spots and swollen holes, amputated toes, burgers from my nose. It's Emma's weird fetish. Nothing gross is out of bounds. Balls and scabbing mounds, bloody tissue, bad breath. Weird fetish. Harry Watts and little hands, pixel rotten spots and infected cuts. It's, it's Emma's weird fetish. Harry Watts and little hands, hairy little hands, hairy little little hands. With the earwax, it's sick of peel. It's Emma's favorite. I cannot deal. I cannot deal. Oh, that's right, dirty bastard. Yes, syringe those fucking ears. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh Jesus, that's my type of shit right there. Get all that dirty fucking earwax out there now, you whore. Weird fetish.